It's time to get on the ice. Music City Gold is on the air. With Kyle Hancock, Daniel Mangrum, and Matt Bain. We are Smashville's best fan-driven podcast. Featuring news around the league, the Predators, and the occasional hot take or two. Part of the Penalty Box Radio Network. You're listening to Music City Gold. And welcome back, everybody, to a new season of Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio. This is Season 3. I'm your host, Kyle. With me, as always, is Daniel and Matt. Hello. Hey, you guys. And before we get too deep into the show, guys, I want to say today's episode is brought to you by 7Element. They are a veteran-run organization dedicated to providing military veterans and first responders the opportunity to engage and organize athletics. If you'd like to know more about them, you can go look them up online at 7Element.org. That's the number 7 element.org and guys like we said this is our first episode back after a quite a not a long offseason guys but it's really felt like a long offseason and it may just be because the Preds got out so early yeah a little bit of everything it was kind of a slow offseason as far as news is concerned and yeah the Preds early exit has left us a little bit uh, wanting here to get a little anxious to get back here in the hockey season yeah I know nothing was more exciting than that home opener a couple of nights ago I know Myself and Kyle were both there, and it was just it was just nice to kind of just get back in the swing of hockey, you know? So, Matt, when are you going to join us at a game? Yeah, I need to this year. Uh, we've been saving money. We've been going on a few trips, my wife and I, but uh, I think it needs to be back a little more hockey time this time, so we're going to spend spend some money to go to a few more games this season, I believe. I was, I was a little shocked you didn't go to the Red Wings game. It was the second game, yeah. and it was at home here, right? Yeah, we should have, but uh, yeah, we just watched that one at home. Well, how would you think they did? Before we get to uh, into the game, just your overall thought of it. Well, as usual, the Red Wings, you know, kicked you guys' butt. So that's well, that's not saying much. We're like yeah, one in ten. One in ten. It. So that's to be expected. Not much new there. Do you think they're going to sustain this hot start? Oh, you know, hey, the Red Wings actually through the preseason, you know, historically are really hot. You know, it's just when the season starts, they kind of turn to crap. But uh, it looked pretty good actually, from what I've seen from the Wings. We might get into it a little bit later in that game, but it looked pretty good so far. So it was nice, uh, a little you know rivalry. It was it's always a good time between the guys and I, you know, a little ribbing back and forth. So, so you said you went to um, overseas this past uh, summer. Where'd you go? Yeah, we went to Italy and Spain, and then back to France for uh, right before we came back home this time. What was your favorite country? Um, <laughs> probably Italy. And why is that? Was it the pizza? Nope. It was it was surprisingly not the pizza. <laughs> I went to the birthplace of pizza in uh, Naples, and I had it. You know, five generations of pizza makers passed down. Italians pizza. close your ears right now. Yes, and I have to say, uh, you know, it was nice and authentic experience. But I really think American pizza. You know, we just kind of have made it better. They they have the originals, <laughs> but Americans we tend to be a little beefier. We know how to make food a little bit better. Possibly, I'm sorry, Italians. You know. Love the culture and stuff, but I think Americans do food right. You just like the meat. That, that's also true. I mean, true. let's just be honest. It's insulting to Italians. They like plain Jane, you know, just marinara, a little bit of cheese, and they're good pizza. to go. Yeah. It's simple. And uh, we like it, you know, it's big. Stack that thing high, you double-decker, you know, that's how we <laughs> like it. Different culture, totally. You know, Chelsea and I were at a Mellow Mushroom on Broadway before the uh, home opener game, and we had a calzone, and I told her about your uh, Meet Me calzones you love so much. Yes, yes, no doubt, no doubt. But speaking of my fiance, because I know she's going to be listening, we got her down here. Yeah, if you, it's um, official. If you've been listening to the show uh, before we went on the off season, I said we were going to be bringing her down here, and we did. It was a 24-hour drive from Nashville, Tennessee, all the way up to Fredericton, 
uh, New Brunswick, and it was terrible. It was a terrible drive. Wow. But the drive back there was great. It was three days back. But let me tell you, 24-hour drive, no matter how many people you have in the car with you, is still rough. Especially when you're going through Scranton, Pennsylvania at like four in the morning and it's so foggy that any second you're afraid you're basically going to drive off the road and die. Yeah, it's just crazy that she's officially here and now in the U.S. So uh, kudos to you, Kyle. Married a Canadian. Very hockey of you. So yeah, um, the wedding is this month and, you know, I'm excited. It's been a lot of work, a lot of preparation. (laughs) And it's it's one of those things you think about it like a year ago. I was like, could never imagine being close to getting married and now i'm about to join matt that's right it's uh many months of preparation going to like an hour long show it's crazy and a lot of money <laughs> show, too but, uh, yeah but good for you buddy so any marriage advice you can give me right off the bat <laughs> oh yes oh i got plenty for one uh let make sure she only gets half of the bed don't let this happen where she decides to have both halves and pushes you off to the corner and then onto the floor stake your coin yes you have to stake your claim right from the off she has to know she is on the left and you're on the right or whatever and and also never attempt to share a dessert it never goes well for you she always says she'll just have a bite it doesn't go well for you trust me you want to be able to get some of that dessert so uh suggest that she has her own and you have your own because the boundaries need to be drawn (laughs) many times have those boundaries been pushed <laughs> they are pushed quite often that's why you gotta stay them early what about you daniel anything you did this summer i mean not a whole lot man I, I worked a whole lot um i actually went down to the keys for a bit i did like a florida tour um did a little bit of studio work uh for drums so uh it, it was you know a pretty standard typical american south <laughs> vacation but got a little tan Came back, recharged, ready for the second half of the year, and honestly just ready for this cool weather to come through because, man, it has been smoking hot here. Oh, yeah. Today was the first day. Uh, this is the Monday night when we're recording, by the way. This is the first time I got to wear a hoodie the entire day at work and not feel like I was dying by the afternoon. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Woke up this morning, it was 65 degrees, and that was as hot as it was going to be today, which made me extremely happy. It's time for some sweaters, long sleeve shirts, some thermals, uh, flannel. It's time to bust it all out. So I'm super excited. And it kind of ushers in hockey, which is the main reason why we're here tonight. And since we're talking about offseason things we did, let's get right into the Preds. So league news-wise, there has not been very much to happen most teams are only two to three, some teams even four games into the season. Not a much, not enough to go around and say, you know, this team's going to suck and this team's going to be awesome. But, you know, things can happen kind of three to four games in and let you know that something could happen. And the Preds did one thing this offseason is they traded P.K. Subban. You heard talk about it, but you weren't really thinking it was going to happen the way it did. Well, I don't know if it really surprised us. I think even Subban knew he had a window here and that window was closing. And the Preds have been wanting to retool some offense. And in order to do so, you got to lose a, a big asset like P.K. Subban. Nobody really wanted to see him go. But uh, sometimes those things have to happen. And, yeah, that was really maybe the major headline as far as trades were concerned in the offseason. So a huge change to the Preds roster for sure. Yeah, you had a few other free agent signings, essentially Panarin going to you know New York for an un- reasonable amount I felt like but whatever contracts are now on the rise so it's kind of like the the going rate to pay up big but that said uh, there wasn't a ton of movement Panthers get coach Q and Bob so a little bit of excitement down there hey they beat the lightning the other night who knows (laughs) so 
Um, you know, it, it's been a fairly quiet off season, but obviously there has been some bigger news after the PK trade. Yeah, I heard something about the Preds maybe picking up another player after getting rid of getting uh, trading PK Subban. I think we picked up this uh, guy who goes by number ninety five, Matt Duchesne. You know, quite the popular guy. Apparently, the Preds have always wanted him, and apparently, he's always wanted to be here. And when you know it, he's here. And we've now gotten to see him in action for a couple games. Kyle, what do you think about his play so far? I like watching him play. He is phenomenal. I love his style, and I think he fits right in. I don't think there was any any worry about chemistry that he seems to just jump right in. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, he's, he signed a pretty long-term deal, which is shocking that he also got a no-movement clause as well, something that is very yeah. rarely dished out by David Poyle. But, I mean, we signed him at 8 mil per year through the 25-26 season. So he is locked in, and he wanted to be here too. He also took a little bit of a, you know, price cut to be here but also at the same time you know that no state income tax really helps us too so um pretty nice uh at the same time though seeing his on ice performance just even in the preseason you could tell man he's a crafty player um he's very strong on the puck on the the boards he has these crazy good moves that and and visually he can see the ice really well um one thing that is to note um when he was in Colorado that team was terrible at the time. Then he gets traded to Ottawa, and guess what happens in Ottawa? They get terrible. Absolute dumpster fire. So the only time he actually had a decent team was when he was with Columbus for that brief playoff run, and he was lighting it up with, uh, I think it was like, what was it, Atkinson and also uh, Panarin at the time. Yeah. So he was lighting it up and getting plenty of goals and tons of assists. He comes over to the Preds now. Now he has quality players on either side of him and to be honest I think this is going to be a career year from him just from the start not even going over the stats from the first two games he just looks like he's determined to be here and to fit in really quick and man let me tell you it's he's had some good results thus far yeah I think I looked at the stat sheet and coming into the roster I think he has the most goals expected even before the season started and and you know going into game one I think he has three assists that first game I, th- I think he's going to be a producer he's not going to be one of those hot guys that we get and come into our system and and kind of flounder here I think he's going to be expecting uh, a lot of goals and I think he's going to produce those as well. Well one thing that I was kind of worried about was you know when you're coming in you want to make a great impression obviously. Like if you were traded to a team, Matt, or signed with a team, you want to come in right off the bat and be like, boom, I'm scoring goals and whatnot. So I was wondering if that mentality would trickle to the ice where he's always trying to shoot and trying to get the goal. Well, ironically enough, zero goals the first two games, but five assists through two games. Definitely the most in the league and tied an NHL record for the most or tied uh, the most for five assists through two games with a new team. And it's it's really impressive what he's doing right now. He could have a milestone year with two quality wingers, which we haven't even got through the line combinations yet and what Lavi has done. Well, it's insane to see just now the possibility of this team. You know, everyone keeps talking about our improbable Stanley Cup run to the point that even uh, they said Pecorine was already talking about it with some of the media people saying it's time to let that go, time to move on. That's something we did. And, then, you know, we can't just keep comparing ourselves to this. Because, you know, everyone knows the story. And if you don't, it's simply we had the cup run. The next year we get bounced in the second round. And, you know, this last season we get bounced in the first round. 
So we pretty much, the next step, logical step of that, if we kept going on that downward progression is to not make the playoffs. But with Matt Duchesne, who obviously wants to be here, and with the people that he has supporting him, you know, it's very, very possible that this team is going to make the playoffs. And I would say that they're going to probably get ranked and seated pretty high in the Stanley Cup playoffs when it comes around. They're definitely not going to be no 8th seed team. I can see them probably either getting second or first in the division this year. Well, that's interesting to note because opening night we actually raised – well, huh, we didn't actually raise a banner this year, which is funny because I'm like maybe that was like trolling a little bit because everyone's been harping on us for actually raising the banners, but we just had it in the rafters and then dropped the curtain on it. Uh, back-to-back division championships, which hasn't happened in 10 years. Um, yeah. I actually didn't realize that till I that didn't night. either. And when they stated that, I was like, well, that's pretty uncommon, and that makes sense because the Central Division is always – I mean, it's always up for grabs. It's always down to that last week, I feel like, has been for the last five years. Um, but that said, having back-to-back division championships, there's still a pretty good amount of expectation on this team. You don't have to win the division to obviously do well in the playoffs. They want that. That's probably their goal, obviously, to get that higher seating. But honestly, I think this year we're going to have some pretty stout competition in the Central, which – you know, obviously later in the show, we'll go over our predictions for the central and uh, see, see where we, and see where we end up at the end of the year. I will go and tell you right now, before we get to that, my prediction is going to be blind. I'm literally just picking them. Not going to go with anything else. No I'm, stats. No stats. So, I'm just picking them. So have we learned our lesson from last postseason? Because we stats, <laughs> we were deep in, I mean, if you just saw a picture of this table, we had sheets everywhere and brackets and whatnot and after the first round matt had scratched off half of his and (laughs) like it was just it it didn't work last year i mean the stats just threw them out the window so i mean i kind of like your approach this year you're kind of changing it up but uh i'd like to see how that pans out at the end of the year well it's amazing because if you look right now there are at least 10 teams as of monday night that still have a perfect record and some teams that you wouldn't think would be perfect at least two games into the season. One of them being Matt's Red Wings. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Which he, he well, hold on, disclaimer. He does not believe they are going to sustain this. <laughs> well, after I saw Dom Lucician's uh, projected playoff <laughs> yeah. percentage chance, Detroit dead last, 31 uh, at 1% likely to make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think that's a sustainable uh, record here to go undefeated through the whole season. I do think they're better than Ottawa, though. I, I, yep. not, I don't think they're finishing last. No, I, I, don't I don't think either. they're finishing last, but that's just me. Yeah, I'm convinced Ottawa's going to be that just same old dumpster fire it was last year. Well, to be honest, you know, Red Wings have done a couple things right. They got Steve Eiserman back in the front office now, and uh, things are going to start turning around a little bit for Detroit. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to finish dead last either. And you've also got the Sabres, you know, who, had a, who struggled last season. They've got their, quote, undefeated right now, and so are the Bruins. You look over the Metro, the Canes, the Rangers, and the Flyers. That's going to change for the Flyers, at least, because they're terrible. And then the Central, the only team that's still unscathed is the Avalanche. And then the Pacific, Vegas, Ducks, and the Oilers, which is shocking because I think if the Oilers suck this year, I think uh, McDavid's going to ask for a trade. Yeah, and they just had one of their big players go down with injury the other day, too. It's, you know, things were starting to look up. They made some changes in the offseason, you know, Uh, but uh, this one's going to hurt. It's basically the dry shot, dry sidle and McDavid show. Yeah. So if Connor McDavid leaves, you think dry sidle will leave? I mean, he's going to want out. I don't, want I don't know to. if they're going to be able to do that, but we'll see. 
And I don't know what team Peter Shirelli is with right now, what team he's consulting with, but every time I see a really bad trade, I always see that meme come around and goes, this smells of Peter Shirelli for just some terrible trade. But let's get on into the Preds. Like I said, we talked a few minutes earlier about Matt Duchesne coming in and, you know, making the rounds and how everyone just seems to be excited. You know, P.K. Subban fit this team really well, but as we said, Matt Duchesne in Nashville seems to be just a perfect, perfect fit. And I think because he likes being here, that he is going to basically probably, I would say, I'll predict he will eclipse what everyone has got him posted for um, point-wise this year. Because I've seen some people say that he's probably around the 60-point player, and I think if he has a good season... He's got five already, two games in, so... I don't know. I, I just I think that goes back to my my point with he has two quality wingers now. Like he has quality teammates around him, and I honestly think he could put up a monster year assist wise. Well, it's funny you're talking about that. So uh, Adam Vingan has an article from the Athletic talking about four things they learned on the Preds over two games, and one of the things that people were talking about was the fact that you could potentially have a one A one B line in the Preds. And his colleague uh, Joe Rexrode was talking to Peter Laviette, and he said, "quote." With that second line in particular, how do these three guys complement each other, being Forsberg, Duchesne, and Granlin? And Laviette's quote was, who's the second line? And Joe said, the Matt Duchesne line. And Laviette says, they're going to get pretty pissed if you keep calling them the second line. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, honestly, I love that quote from Lavi because that kind of just, it, it just gives me the sense that he is excited this year because he's got some offensive firepower. You know, like, we for the longest time we've had that defensive mentality and it's been obviously carried forward for many many years previous coaches too i mean trots was very much like that as well that said the pk move basically in my opinion set a new era for the preds because we just said okay we're giving up a quality defenseman obviously well liked in the organization we are betting on fabro I mean, because we only saw him briefly in the playoffs, which he's looked fabulous, by the way. Oh, yeah. And it's second and, pair perfectly. And him and Ekholm are starting to gel now. Ekholm is actually getting a lot of good looks. Yeah, you're seeing uh, him take a more offensive role. Yes. So I, it, that bet is paying off. <laughs> but that was a gamble because you're leaving a pretty big hole in your top four defense pairing. But then on top of it, you're getting someone like Duchesne, who is another first line center to basically give us the two, you know, the one two combo, as Poyle said. I mean, look at this over two games, their expected goal percentage for Forsberg, Duchene, and Granlin is 75%. And then you have Smith, Johansson, Arvidsson right behind them, well, actually ahead of them at 79%. That's a combination that most teams are not going to be able to counter back and forth. And then the next highest is at least 9% behind them, and that's the fourth line of Grimaldi, Turris, and Yarncroke. Yeah, it's very interesting to note. Smith has actually looked really good with RV and Johansson right out the gate. Um, I think his speed matches well with them. Um, obviously, there's a little bit of a drop off pulling Forsberg because he just he's a monster on the puck as far as like puck possession uh, and zone entry. But that said, you can see that the love is getting spread out through all the lines now. And you've seen some decent results as far as offensive, uh, offensively. Now, defensively, we need to obviously tighten up some stuff. There was a lot of odd man breaks against the Watt. I mean, Larkin basically skated circles around us. I mean, it was just – it was a track meet, essentially, in uh, the second game against Detroit. A lot, a lot of 1v2s, I felt like. 
Um, So defensively, yes, they're still not there. But at the same time, we're scoring four goals a game. We we scored nine goals in two games. So you you can't discredit the offense right now. And um, it, it is showing by far with the expected goals. And not to mention that f- first, uh, we're going to call it 1B line of Duchesne, Forsberg, and Granlin. They've been on the ice 26 minutes. So a full five minutes more than the uh, Johansson, Arvidsson, Smith line. And still has a 74% expected goal differential. That's incredible. Yeah, I think we were always curious if the Jofa line would ever break up, but every band has its day, and I think we might just see with Deshane coming in, this is the missing piece of the puzzle that breaks that up, perhaps permanently. As far as we can tell, what we've seen so far, this one-two punch really is getting the job done. It's what we asked. It's why we traded Subban to come in, and uh, it's really working out well, and having two lines with this firepower instead of one, I think this is this is the combination that's right. I think this is what's going to stick for the Predators, probably. And what's funny is the only odd thing about those top two lines is Smith being on the wing. And even then, if something was to happen to Smith, you could pull Smith out and maybe bring Grimaldi or Yarncroke up to take that top, that top spot. I don't think that would happen, but... Joey and Arby are so good by themselves. It almost really doesn't matter most most days who is that other winger. And you also got to think about it. Um, we we had a really good roster this year. I mean, if you're looking at it top and bottom, I mean, Matt, look, look at it from a, a Detroit Red Wings perspective. You have to admit, this is probably one of the best rosters we've put together in no. a long time, especially no one-two punch combo. You have both lines that can roll. I mean, nine goals in two games looks pretty good. Um, we haven't even talked about the power play yet, which is already noticeably better. But that said, we we even sent people down to Milwaukee that have been on this team for a long time. Freddie Goudreau. Salty. And I was actually quite happy that we had the ability to once to send players down. I always knew Freddie was going to go back down. And one of the Twitter questions we actually asked well, that was asked to us was about how do we feel about Salty going down? And I'm okay with it. I'm quite okay with Salty going down and playing in the AHL because at this point, I think the team's getting to the point that we don't really need him. I think what you what you ask of your AHL players is showing me consistency and showing me what level of talent that you can play at on a consistent basis. And I feel like with him, we have finally, finally seen that level of play from him. And now we have such a stacked lineup that we can confidently send him down and know if he needs to come up via injuries or whatever, we know what kind of guy we can expect out of him in the future. Well, uh, I mean, it was kind of one of those things, too. We actually left an open spot on our roster, which I found very interesting as far as a management choice. But that was very, um, how do you say it? It was very um, on purpose because basically they wanted to send those players down so they could get reps in and continue to work their game. Including uh, Tolvin in incl- as well. well. Yeah, we haven't even touched on that. So two other incredible camps from two players – and that was Pitlick and Tolvanen. Absolutely lit it up in the pro season, or in the preseason. They Pitlick had, I think he was leading in assists, and Tolvanen was leading in goals at one point. Yeah, Pitlick made a very strong case for staying in Nashville, but they wanted to send him down to the AHL because they didn't want him playing on the third line because it's very well possible they could have kept him and he could have gotten scratched some nights and he would have not had that play in time. 
Yeah, that goes back to the whole rep thing with being in Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee stacked this year, honestly, because there's like four or five that could have made our roster opening night that are now playing essentially for Milwaukee. Um, it, but once again, if you have some injuries crop up, you got to be ready for the call to come up and step in. And guess what? If you keep performing while you're there, you might just stay there for a while. And that's where Tolvanen and Pitlick have to be ready for that call because, I mean, could you imagine, too, like say we get some injuries and then Pitlick and Tolvanen get called up and they could possibly be on the third line with Turris, who's honestly looked noticeably better. I don't know if y'all have been noticing him on the ice, but I have. Much better passing. His vision looks much improved. He, oh, looks, yeah. he just looks more confident. Uh, in the wild game, he actually had an incredible – I was sitting there uh, in the corner – right behind the goal he had just swooped from the 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 right to the left hand side and he did this awesome dish pass basically back across the goal and i couldn't remember if sissons or yarncrock was not ready for the puck i mean it was a beautiful pass and had they been ready it would have probably been a goal because dubnik didn't even see it come back because basically he was skating one way the puck's coming back the other um so Turris has looked very improved this year and he looks confident and could you imagine slotting a Tolvanen or a Pitlick with Turris too on a third? That, now you're talking about three lines rolling. <laughs> and, I mean, uh, let's not get too far ahead, but that is a scary combination if you think about it because those are two rookies on very minimal contracts coming up. We also got to remember, we have Daniel Carr, who has basically been one of the scratches for two games so far. If Grimaldi or Yarncroke don't pick it up and give – Kyle Turris, the ability that he needs when he's making those center passes, one of them may just find themselves scratched and he takes their spot. Because I agree with you, watching him through two games, he looks better. We all know that he was injured, and so I think that was part of the problem he had over the season last year was that he just was injuries were piling up and he wasn't getting back in shape physically enough. And then, you know, the Preds get knocked out, he goes to the Worlds, and he ends up being a leader there. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, if he is this good already – then I was fully confident to see him come back and play like he is right now. And like I said, if Grimaldi and Yarncroke don't stick it up, they might find themselves scratch and Daniel Carr could be uh, brought in or even possibly Rem Pitlick could be called up to give a look. And also some of the players that may get a look is that third pair. That third pair for two games has been atrocious. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's literally... I was be- wondering we were going to get through that. Matt, it's, Matt it's, can tell you a test from his Red Wing game. Just go ahead. It, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Red Wings skated all through you guys. It, it was bad. And it was mostly the third pair. Weber yeah, mostly. Weber looks atrocious right now. I'm, On multiple I'm, occasions, not just one. Yeah, he, he got he got absolutely destroyed in the wet Red Wing game, and that's why I'm kind of thinking, who do we call someone up at this point? Because you have Allard still sitting in yeah, Carrier. Uh, Carrier, which oh, I saw some questionable yeah, plays in the preseason I mean, from him where I'm just like, dude, like he has such potential, but at the same time, I'm like, there's just a few moments where he has a lapse and you're like, ah, that is why you're in the AHL still. You know, like the one where he lost the puck completely in the preseason. I don't know. You probably didn't see it. Um, he w- goes to pass it. He whiffs on the puck and the puck like drifts in between his legs and he can't find it. And it's right in front of the goal, and literally, like the guy just chips it uh, straight up over Peck's head, and like Peck's trying to like you know stick. Uh, it, it was terrible. It was literally one of the worst goals I've seen. He literally just skated off in shame. You knew it was coming, but at the same time, 
those players aren't tested defensively. So it, it is going to be interesting to see that because I know I know for a fact they they have to be looking at that after the Red Wing game because it was counterattack city and they couldn't. I, I mean, they skated right through them on several occasions where they oh, yeah. actually were set defensively, and I'm like. I don't know what you're doing right now. And of course, some of it was just obviously just bad luck. I think about that first goal that the Red Wings scored. Yannick Weber is out of position, skates to get over there, Shock. does the spin around, and he just happens to have his stick out at the correct length for whoever scored the um, the first goal. I think it was Mantha who scored the first goal for you guys in the Red Wings. I could be mistaken, but whoever it was, that first, that first goal, Weber gets his stick around, and it seems to just hit his stick and go right in over UC. I was like, of course, of course that would happen. And so to me, the game really becomes, is it going to be third line, Dan Ham, Hughes, and... It was Bertuzzi, and, the first goal. Okay, Bertuzzi. Um, so it ends up being um, Dan Ham, Hughes, and fill in the blank. Who do you want? Do you want Weber? Do you want Irwin? That's a no. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, if you don't want Weber or Irwin, well, then you're going to have to go down to the AHL and, like Daniel said, get Allard, Carrier, Tenorti, Santini, or Davies. You know, we're talking about, you know, this conversation of that last D pairing in the first game, first game or two. And I think we're going to be having this conversation uh, the majority of the season. I think this is going to be a trouble spot for the Preds this year is that last uh, D combo probably. Well, I think we kind of knew that too, trading PK away, because (laughs) obviously um, goal scoring hasn't been our difficult thing through the first two games. Um, Now, which I'm happy to see. Yeah, I mean, that, that's great because that's where their league's transitioning to. But the problem is, which one of those players do you look at on the defensive roster in Milwaukee and say, oh, that's a Matteron or a Weber replacement? And I just don't know at this time. I, I, I mean, I do like Donovan. He's a Carrier was my last year's prediction, but now yeah. he's uh, almost in some ways kind of reverted. Uh, I'm actually higher on Allard, or Frederick Allard, than anyone right now. So, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be very interesting to see it going forward. Um, if they continue to struggle that third pair for the next couple of games, you're going to see Lavi make a move. He'll call He'll call up someone from Milwaukee. I mean, we have one roster spot open already, too. So, might as well make one call and then Irwin or Weber sitting for a bit. And this is just another example of why, you know, we don't talk about it a whole lot, but why depth is so important in NHL, not just for postseason runs when players get hurt, but for uh, roster decisions like this. There's some big decisions that need to be had, and, and depth is huge at times like this to figure out which pieces uh, you need at which times. But, you know, another problematic area we've had in the past, Kyle, has been the power play. And I can tell you already, uh, two games in, it looks better. Sure, we've only scored once on the four power plays or so we've had, but it we're, looks hey, better. We're at 25%, baby. That's what I'm I'll talking about. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I just want 20 by the end of the year. But our abysmal 12% and stunning 0% for the postseason, <laughs> I, I, I still can't get over that fact. We were at 0% for the postseason. Well, I'll tell you I, I, it blows my mind. The first game, we uh, he had a power play the first game, and I thought, okay, I'm excited to see if we've made any changes where it's going to go. And they threw a massive throwback from last year, zero shots on goal during the power play. I was like, oh, crap, here we go again. But next game, they proved me wrong, and we actually saw a little bit more action in the power play department, including a goal. Uh, yeah, that pass from Duchesne to Arvey, that was pretty. That was nice. I mean, 
the vision on that one too. And RV just knew he was going to be there because he was streaking in like crazy through the slot there. Um, interesting to note though, we are 25% for the power play. Woohoo. But we've actually only drawn four penalties for the first two, uh, two games. So that's actually really low for us. I feel like, um, so I think, you know, obviously that's going to come back down to reality. You're probably going to be around 20, percent well that's what we hope for 20 percent for the year but at the same time i think you're going to see more looks on the power play moving forward because you'll probably get three maybe four a night you know as the season goes on well let's talk about what that first power play unit consists of the first power play unit for the preds is duchene forsberg arvidson joey and yossi that's such a killer power play unit i I mean i I couldn't ask for anything better as far as puck movement Uh, i mean zone entry Oh, they've looked way better on the zone but, entry. Yeah, there's no drop pass, by the way. Yes, that has been a I was noticeable. so happy about they that. They basically have one person streaking across the front of the blue line. They drop it off, so then the, the defense has to make a decision. We either step up and play the person with the puck, and if they do, guess what? You drop it off to the guy on the left, right at the you know right there. If not, they let that person skate in, into the corner, and then they set up the cycle, and they just go from there. What I like is the fact that now Arby, because of the Duchesne being on that power play and with Forsberg and all of them on it, he now has the ability to no longer be the screen. He can actually contribute offensively to that power play. He's in the slot area too. And that also helps because Duchesne's a lefty, which means yeah. he's on the left-hand side of the goal. If you're looking from behind the goal, he's on the left-hand side and he can field those pucks while still holding off a defender and getting a pass off to the slot with Arby. And it's important to note that both power play units have a lefty now. Uh, Bones is now on uh, the second power play unit. Yep. That second power play unit is Granlin, Turris, Smith, Bones, and Ellis. Yeah. I, I mean, Dan has come in and did exactly what he needed to do. He's totally gutted it. He said, what you Thank y'all God. were doing before was terrible. Let's create movement. Let's get set up faster, which I think has been a big part because, I mean, I don't know if y'all remember with the drop pass and everything, it literally took a minute to set up yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it was horrible. Oh, like yeah. Now, now it's like 10 seconds, you're in the zone, start passing. Start passing. Start moving. Like, you got to be moving. They they literally are moving almost every single second. Remember there would be times where they would literally pass back and forth? Oh, yeah. They would just stand still. There was no energy, no confidence in, on the ice for that type of thing. And you're like, just do something. And I love the fact that they brought Dan Lambert in in June and was like, fix this. Because it was obvious that Kevin McCarthy was doing a terrible job at this. Yeah, it's still a small sample size, and we'll see how this progresses in the future. But just from the start, the first two games, uh, it's looking much better, and I really am starting to see these changes take effect. It's not taking these guys a long time to uh, to get in the system, this new system that they're working, and uh, it's working out well so far. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing is, Matt, 1D, four forwards. Yeah, yes, also that. I, I love that. I think we all like that. Yeah, I, I mean – Yes, you're sacrificing a little bit of defensive, like if you're giving up or not, but I don't care. I don't care. How often do we get shorthanded goals? do not care. I mean, uh, yeah, shorthand against. Well, also, look at the the two defensemen that you have out on the ice. You have Ellis or Yossi, the two most responsible ones. So, like, if they're going to get caught in a two-on-one, I want one of them on the two-on-one. 
Yeah, I'd rather play uh, play it a little riskier because it's a noticeable area of weakness. So we need to really power pack it with as many offensive weapons as we can to jumpstart that us in that category. Which they always say it's not our strengths that's going to hurt you. It's your weaknesses, obviously. So go ahead and power punch that power play unit. Get us four forwards in there and get this thing pumping. Yeah, and the biggest thing, like I said, is movement. And Duchesne, too, being strong on the puck, that has really helped. And, like, you have two all – got to put, point this out. There's two people that can take face-offs incredibly well on that unit. So even if Duchesne or Joey gets kicked out of the face-off circle, one of them can take his place. So you're more than likely winning a face-off. And on top of it, the possession has gone way up. And so. now this year the uh, – team with possession can pick which side of the dot they want to face off onto, which can also lead to another strength for us. So one thing I don't like that the Preds have done this season is they brought out the Preds Rally Tavern, <laughs> which is just an abomination. And some people are calling it the Rally Tavern because... It's not a rally tavern. It Literally, they brought it out and we scored four goals, which uh, it was a game that we were dominating, by the way, the entire game. They just happened to be up because because they had a, one really good screen and the play before it was a crazy like fluky like went off. Well, whose stick was it? I think it was Bones' stick or Weber's stick, of course. And top shelfed. I, I mean, we were dominating that game, people. It is not a rally tavern. It got booed immediately as soon as it came out. But to be fair, you know. It's one of those, it may turn into one of those traditions where, you know, the very first game, it caused us the quote-unquote win, so they may just keep bringing it out every time. I know what they're doing. Like, aren't they, aren't they like, selling those for the Preds Foundation? Yeah, they're like, auctioning I, the seats I, off. I, I get why they're doing it. It's a good cause, people. Okay, I get it. It's just, of course, it has to be one of the things that I despise the most in downtown Nashville, but it's whatever. Well, what you don't know is during the intermission, I actually signed Matt up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I would oh, love yes. to see. I would pay money to see Matt. Yeah, sign me up for the guy. Another good idea we had at one point was the fang fingers. Yeah, sign me up for that as well. I'm all over it. Another one of those things that I don't like. But Matt, have you seen the new Fangtron? The new Fangtron, I have not. It is massive. Version. It's, it's incredible. Like, it's stunning, honestly. The clarity... Like, you just have to go see it in person. Like, I, I don't even know how to explain Yeah, it. I heard you guys talking, uh, talking up a big storm about it, but I have yet to see it yet. Also, uh, they did the same thing as Detroit. They have yeah. under, uh, basically, screens that are curved underneath for yeah. the lower bowl. That's so, the new thing now. Um, uh, nothing but praise for that. And, of course, it's very Preds-themed. It has, like, the kind of the saber-tooth teeth on the corners. Uh, I believe that's the, the first actual LED screens they've had made for that that's made, that's made in a fang-shaped. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Like uh, I was very impressed with what they did, and it's very it's very predators themed, and and on top of it, it's just gorgeous to look at. I mean, the well, the replays are incredible on the the screen now. I told him, you know, I'm sitting there with Chelsea in the 326 area, and I'm sitting there looking at this, and I told looked over Chelsea, and I was like, I don't have to watch this game on the ice. I can sit here and watch it on the television inside the stadium. <laughs> well, it, what's crazy is when it's on the far end in like a corner and you can't see. You can look up there, and there is no lapse as far as the, the quality because you can be like, okay, I can, I can see it now until it cycles back out, uh, depending on where you're seat, yeah, uh, seated. So that's handy. It's 
awesome. I have nothing but praise as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they always do a great job of upgrading stuff at Bridgestone. Um, they have for the last basically five years. They've been doing seats. They've been doing lighting. They did the control room, which was basically preparing for this new, Yep. which I can't wait to see what they do in the postseason with this thing, with all the other lights that they can do. It's going to be incredible. So now I think we should give our uh, preseason predictions. Like I said, I'm not sure what these two are going to do, but I'm going <laughs> I'm going blind. No notes or anything. I'm just going. No stats. No stats, just going blind. All right. I, I, I don't know if I have a ton of stats to back it up, but just going off roster moves and kind of how I've seen the teams through the first two games, I'm just kind of like projecting ahead. So we'll see. We'll start with the worst, though. So, Kyle, what is your worst team? Dead last in the division this year. Minnesota. No reason, just because Fenton. Just because <laughs> Fenton was terrible and it's the Preds B team. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to completely agree. Uh, obviously, it was a toss-up between Chicago and the Wild. And I, I honestly, I think, spoiler, I think they're slightly improved this year with some of their younger talent. Um, so uh, I'm picking the Wild at seven. Sorry. Sorry, Fiala. I like to take any opportunity to try to be juxtaposed to you guys. So I'd actually picked uh, Chicago to be the last spot. So, wow. Any reason? Just they're terrible. No, yeah, the I just dumpster. threw them into the dumpster. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you said, we did so much research last time. You know, spreadsheets everywhere, and yeah, you know, we're not. Uh, that didn't really help. It seemed so. <laughs> we'll give it a little more uh, in the spirit of the moment. Just kind of game time decision. What I think. So. To be fair, though, it was one of two choices for the bottom. Yeah, of the I mean, let's just be honest. So, I right. bet. so I guess that means my number six is Chicago. Yes, no shock. I'm also number six, Chicago. Like yeah. I said, slightly improved. Uh, I think they'll finish ahead of the Wild, but um, who knows? They might shock you. Maybe get in that fifth spot, but I, I just don't see it yet. They yeah. need another year or two. Yeah, I th- you know, I've got uh, – we swapped. I've got Minnesota here. I think the top half of the bracket is much – you know, it comes down to the last week, those last couple points. It's always a tight race, uh, you know, clenching of the teeth. But I think the bottom two are pretty much settled. I, you know, it's scraping the bottom of the barrel, and there's not going to be too much uh, arguments from anybody on these two teams, I think. Yeah, I, I had way more problem with the top five, exactly. honestly. And, and to be honest, my top two – I think it flip. Honestly, top three could probably flip, but who knows? So, Kyle, what's your number five? Winnipeg. Whoa. Fall from grace. Two, th- to, two to five. I, I think might they're going to fall. Two to five this year. Um, that is a very interesting choice. That is probably my boldest one of the entire. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's, let's see how that works out. All right. So, um, this is probably a pretty bold one too, but I'm picking Dallas at five. Um, the, a lot of people, I'm sorry, but I saw some people have them like winning the division or like way up there, like top three. And I didn't see it. And then also, and they're like home opener. They lost like three p- players to injury. So yeah, not to mention they're like, Oh, and three starting, but you know, what am I, what am I here for? But I, I just think they're fifth. Yeah, I've got. I think, uh, I think they're going to come on a little bit stronger towards the end, but no. Yeah, I've also got Dallas in this spot. I think they're going to slip one uh, one notch. Last year they finished in fourth. I think they're going to slip down to five this time as well. Interesting, Kyle. Number four. This is where we're getting to the nitty gritty here. So I think Dallas is going to 
They finished last year at fourth, and I think they're going to stay at fourth. Status quo. Okay. I, I don't fault you for that pick because that you're, was. Kinda... You're talking about the injuries they had. Okay. Well, you know, you're you already know you're better than Chicago. You're better than Minnesota. <laughs> yes. Let's hope. So I'll say status quo at four for them. Okay. So my four is the Jets. Um, I slipped them down two spots because their defense looks non-existent this year. They've lost basically everyone from their defensive core, and who knows if Bufflin's showing up. So if he doesn't show up, it could get even worse for them. I don't know what they're going to do. Literally don't know. They'll probably have to trade for someone at the trade deadline for a defenseman. It just doesn't look like a good situation because, honestly, I thought going in the last two years, it's been Preds and the Jets. And I thought that was going to be the trend for the next two to three more years at least, Jets and Preds. And I think the the Jets are coming in for a, a nosedive here. So, Nice pun. <laughs> <laughs> I, got a, I got a smirk out of Matt. So. Yeah, I also have uh, the Jets in fourth place, uh, jumping down two notches from last year. They were high, and I don't know. It's like the, how the mighty have fallen. And, and I remember Sorry. in the uh, in the offseason, the point, giving some stats on them as well. And he also said, I don't know how people think they're going to be competing for the title because I've also got them, you know, barely scraping in the playoffs this year. I don't exactly know what all the stats went into it, but that seems to be everybody's kind of feeling that right now. So uh, the Jets, we're not just not too high on them right now. They they also signed Line A to a long-term, you know, like I think it was two years, whatever. But it took but, them forever to sign But at the same time – I think he's been a little bit more of a disappointment than they thought he was going to be. They thought he was going to be 30 goals like clockwork, and at the same time, he dried up in the playoffs last year. He absolutely went non-existent, and you can't do that as a top goal scorer, in my opinion. Well, so, not- I, I don't know. It's just been – it's been that's an interesting situation for them. And then losing their entire decor, I don't know. I will say one thing with Lonnie that I noticed all season last year with him is that if he wasn't scoring goals, you didn't notice him on the ice at all. He was just yeah. was not there. Yeah, it's goal or bust for him. So he, he has a lot of areas that he can still work on to improve, um, especially defensively <laughs> um, for the Winnipeg Jets right now. But Kyle, number three. This is where it's going to get tricky because literally these next three teams could be in any order because yeah, I yeah. think all three teams are good enough to make the top spot. Yes, I, I'm in full agreement on this one. They came down one, two, and three were split by one point last year. Yeah, I know. That's that's incredible. It, it came down to the very, very last game. game. So I, I have a feeling we could see something very similar to that this year. Yeah. So what I think is going to happen is I think Colorado is going to take the third spot. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I'm not going to fault you on that one. I, I I had them at one point winning the division Whoa. down to – Third, but at the same time, that was like two points. So that's a, yeah. that's a game. Yeah, all right. That is one game. So the margin of error on these is going to be uh, quite thin. I feel like mine is actually the Blues at three. A lot of people picked them just right out the gate to win the division. Just I guess maybe because that was like the the Stanley Cup champion thing to do. You know, like oh well, they won the Stanley Cup, so yeah. they're obviously going to win the division. I don't like that mentality. I. I just don't like. I still think they're a good team. They obviously won the cup with that almost same team, but it's just a little different this year. It was a magical run last year. I just don't think it's going to be the same. So, third. Well, I have to agree with Kyle. Um, I've got Colorado here jumping up two notches from last year. 
here in third place. And this year, you know, I'm just going to say it. Screw Dallas. I always want Dallas in the offseason to make some good moves. They I never always, do. I always pick them to jump up a spot or two in the standings. They have let me down, and this is the last time. So this year, Colorado <laughs> is going to be my Dallas story that I've always wanted. And by God, they're going to be the ones to do it. They're going to finish in third place. And uh, me and Kyle both agree on that. So I, I don't think that's a bad choice because yeah. let's just be honest. Their top line is pretty awesome, and they're going to produce. So, so number two for me is Nashville. Ooh, all right. Let down the home team like that, Kyle. So, what what is your reasoning? Honestly, I don't think they can win the division three times in a row. That has also gone through my mind. So, you know what Taylor Swift said: "Haters gonna hate, Kyle. <laughs> Haters gonna hate." We'll raise another banner, baby. You know what? I want them to prove me wrong, but it's like the Penguins winning their uh, Stanley Cup back to back. They were trying to go for that third, and they couldn't do it. And I don't think the Preds will be able to make three division runs in a row. I get the I get the logic because my one and two flip flopped literally like three or four times this week. But my number two is actually Colorado. I have them coming up. Oh wow! To number two just okay. because that McKinnon line is going to be fantastic. They also have an improved defensive core. Uh, Sammy Gerard, yeah, old yeah. Sammy. I do like watching him. He's looking good now. So they got their defense like you know, kind of bolstered through that trade as well. I, I think they're going to be pretty good. I, I Honestly, I could see them winning the division too, uh, depending on, you know, the strength of schedule and some other factors. And like I said, one point separated third to first. So once again, all these are going to be subjective, but it was, it was paper thin for me, but Colorado at number two. Well, my number two, I've got the St. Louis Blues, the defending Stanley Cup champions. I think they are going to carry over a little bit of that postseason magic from last year. I think it's going to carry over. They were a full team effort. They had seemed to put it together, and some magic they had, it was working. It carried through, obviously, when the Stanley Cup. And uh, I see them on the rise. I think they are going to uh, be for real this year, and it's not just going to uh, be a short-term thing. I, I think they're going to carry it through here. Well, you also got to think they went on an incredible run towards the end of last season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just don't know if that's sustainable for a full season, but I do think they are a better team than we all thought well, last year. Well, you look at the first half of the year. Coach. Yes. Well, the first half of the year was garbage, and that I don't think that was quite a real indication of what this team is. I think the last half really showed who they are, and they came out in the playoffs once they had put it together, and that's the team it is. So you put that team together for a whole year this year. And, and, get, I, and get rid of Yo. Yeah. Uh, I mean – he was terrible. So I think the Blues are looking up, and uh, I think they're here to stay. Well, I guess for me that makes my uh, division winner going to be the Blues. I think they're going to take their postseason cup magic, as you call it, Matt, and they're going to get the division, but they're not going to get the Stanley Cup. Ooh, I think it's just going to be okay. – I think it's be the division, and that's it. I'm just going to note this. The top three teams that we have picked all are Stanley Cup contenders. I, I mean, I would argue that point. I think all three of them are going to be very competitive in the playoffs. So you don't have to win. Obviously, you do not have to win yeah. the Central Division to win the championship. Yeah, the Blues proved, proved that last year. But I'm telling you, these top three teams in the Central are going to be good teams. And you can't even sleep. You know, we talked about Colorado. I think they were the ones who put out the Flames last year in the playoffs. And the Flames yeah. were the hot. You know, they were my team to win the Stanley Cup. And this nobody, seemingly, the Colorado Avalanche, put them out. And so you really can't sleep on any of these teams. 
So that brings me to my number one, and I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic and pick the Preds again to three-peat for Central Division champions. I've really liked our offensive production right now. I think we are going to struggle on the defensive end for the first probably 10 to 15 games, but I think that is too going to improve, and if Lavi needs to make some adjustments, call some people up from Milwaukee, I think they will do that, and everything is going to be smooth. And the power play. Also, that's a big thing for me. We finished we finished first in the Central last year with 100 points with a power play at 12% dead last in the league. If we have a power play at 20 to 25%, I'm feeling pretty good about first place in the Central Division. That's just me. Sounds fair. Matt, what's your number one? Well, boys, you can mark it down. I've got the Nashville Predators finishing oh, first I'm, in the division again. I'm taking it back. I, I am too. Wow. I have to say, this is the best offensive roster that's ever been on the Preds lineup, I think. And, you know, an area of weakness last year, we finished first in the division, and yet we were only fifth in scoring in goals. And you add Duchesne, I think this is the missing piece of the puzzle. He's the holy grail of the roster we've been looking for. We brought in the big hitter, and uh, I think it is really going to make the difference. Uh, yeah, we might struggle a little bit there on the on that third pairing, but you've got excellent one-two combo and, and uh, Rene and Soros there in net to back him up if ever he falters. And uh, I think this is the best roster we've ever had. I think the Predators are going to be hungry and want it again. I think that this first is round year. exit. Yeah, yeah that's they're important. Mad. They're, they're mad. mad. And on top of it, like you said, you also have people waiting in the wings too, like in Milwaukee that could slot in. I mean, the power play too. Maybe I'm just in a good mood here at the start of the season, but I, I really believe we got what it takes this time to uh, go out there and win the division again. I'm not going to lie. The first game, just watching them play and also looking at the power play and the improved roster, I sat back and said, you know what? De they might not win the division for a third straight year in a row. That's pretty impressive if they could. Improbable, maybe, as some would say. I mean, by the way, to do it twice back-to-back -back was 10 years, so to do it three yeah. times, I would – We'd have to look up the stats on that. Oh, yeah, it's, it's been a long time since we've had a three-peat for the division champion. But that said, I don't think you need to win the division to be a competitive team in the Central. Yeah. And then on top no of it, I was looking at the power play, and I'm looking at this roster, and if this team can click and stay healthy, and even if they do have a couple you know, minor injuries, they still have quality people in Milwaukee that they can pull up like a Tolvanen and a Pitlick who could also be incredibly good and an asset as far as goal scoring. And it's the most complete roster we've ever had and depth we've ever had in Milwaukee. And I said to myself, you know what, this is a team that could potentially win the cup. I mean, straight out the gate. If they make the playoffs, they got a good chance. I would love for them to win the cup this year. I really would. Well, I would love for them to win the cup every year, Kyle. But, you know. <laughs> but you talk about the cup winners. Real quick, without even thinking, who's going to win the Stanley Cup this year? Just first off the top of your head, Matt. you got to have Lightning. somebody. Lightning? Really? Yeah. They've had it coming. <laughs> They've had it coming. Um, my, my gut is the Lightning just because they, they should be – they that should be a team that's upset. I'm sorry. If there's a team out there that should have gone further in the playoffs last year, it was that team. I think, honestly, like – you know, what was the basketball story? The Golden State Warriors come out and have the best record in history and then lose the, the cup finals or whatever. NBA. NBA finals. 
I feel like the Lightning, that was their story. They had the best record, and they come out and then flounder in the playoffs. I want them to lose a little bit this year and maybe not even get first place. Uh, that way they can come out a little bit hungry in their playoffs and have something to prove that they that they uh, fell short last year. So Tampa's started off 1-1-1 in their first three games, and they've lost to the Panthers, by the way. Stamkos came out and said, we keep falling back into the same old habits that cost us the season we had last year. Unless we change things, it's going to be really, 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 it's going to be a really, really, really long year. Everyone is sick of talking about it and not doing it. Let's do it. He calls out his own team. And sometimes that's what you need. You need somebody to call everybody out and simply say, look, get it together. Yeah, they should be motivated. They should win the cup this year. But it's like I, this. I, but once again, I, it's the hardest. It's the hardest trophy to win for a reason, and uh, you saw that last year, getting swept in the first round by Columbus. Well, for me, picking blind, not really. Oh, don't do it. But don't you, do I'm, it. Oh my gosh, that is not even picking blind. Okay, because fine. It's skewed because it's, look, why you're is smiling. it skewed? Say it. The Canes. Oh my what? god. All right, whatever. Put it well, down. Mark it down. Two you lightning- like, hey, do you want $5 on the table? Two lightnings and a cane. Well, I saw four freaking number ones go out first round last year. So Anything's possible. Yeah, yeah but you see, you, I won the previous year, and you won last year. For your Brett? Oh, yeah. So Whatever. we're tied, so we got to have a tiebreaker. Yeah, My bracket's right. still ranked supreme with all the paltry 50 points that I won. <laughs> so it was it was a terrible bracket, but I still won in our group, so. So, Matt, I know it's early, but do we have any milestones for anything? Uh, yeah, I got a couple uh, things to mention, a couple of league news uh, as well we haven't discussed yet. Uh, we mentioned briefly in the very last episode of the last year, they had a little bit of a cocaine gate with uh, Kuznetsov, <laughs> and it just so Heck happens it's like we're going to start off this year with another cocaine scandal involving Kuznetsov, which has led to him getting suspended from international play. So that's very interesting. Ended it off last year, and uh, it wasn't just a one-time event. Started off again this year, so he's got a little suspension on his hands. Also, I'm sure you guys saw this Evander Kane body issue in Sports Illustrated. Well, while we saw plenty of his body on the cover of that issue, now we're going to be seeing plenty of him in the locker room as he has got a three-game suspension himself on what was a bit of a questionable call from the ref of an abuse of an official. So I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh, interesting did. call. Yeah. It was stretching a little uh, bit uh, after the ref took him down like five seconds before you that. You can't touch or Like, everyone knows that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, the ref I, was you know, pretty aggressive. So yeah. it's like, I he see He does have sides. a reputation. I heard some of his teammates talking, you know, talking about his reputation. I don't know how much that plays into it, but we'll have to see going forward. One, uh, probably the highlight of the news so far is that Washington Capitals have announced their new team dog is Captain, and Ovechkin made his appearance with him walking around showcasing their new uh, Golden Retriever and he's Lab adorable. Mix. Yeah, he's, he's a very adorable. Gosh. That's the best kind of hockey you can get there, Ovechkin <laughs> carrying around a pup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, look for them to win the cup maybe this year after, you know, the Blues announced their team dog last year, and look what happened. They got a cup. So uh, it's on the up and up. As, uh, I like where this is headed, at least more dogs in the league. But uh, the Leafs have announced that they have given the captaincy to John Tavares and not Austin Matthews. Very interesting. Some people were felt Matthews maybe got snubbed, but I'm okay with his decision, it's honestly. It's his dream. Yeah, he's, he's a more veteran player. It's his time. Matthews uh, needs he'll, to grow up a little bit, shave that mustache. He'll get the captaincy eventually. Yeah, he's just yeah that stash has got to go. Yeah. Oh, it looks man. terrible it's on so him. It's so bad. It's so bad. 
and uh, the your boy the Canes have named Jordan Stahl as their captain, but uh, the Rangers have snubbed their team. They have announced that there will be no captain this year. So just a bunch of A's. Just a bunch of A's. So and as far as milestones, uh, Boston's win over Arizona makes now their fifteenth straight win, and that ties a record for the longest <laughs> wow. active win streak against a single team. And uh, Barry Trotz now passed Al Arbor for a third most regular season games for coaches. So, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize That's he cool. was uh, that high up on the, on that list. But Craig Smith had 300 points for the night team. Oh yeah. So a little side note. Also, uh, Malkin's out long term yes. due to injury. I was like, ooh, that sucks. I really like him. He's my favorite Penguin. I can't pick Sydney, but Malkin. Malkin's actually honestly been my favorite. He gets overshadowed because Sydney's yeah, he on does. the team, but. Malkin gets a ton of assists. So anyway, sidebar. And also, Daniel, what games do we have coming up before we record in a couple of weeks? So as we already mentioned, we started off with Minnesota and Detroit. We actually start off with four straight home games, which is pretty impressive for us. Uh, the next two are going to be against San Jose and Washington. So pretty stiff competition. Uh, San Jose has actually stumbled out of the gates 0-3, by the way. Not surprised. The goaltending sucks. <laughs> Well, their power play is actually pretty bad. Um, they are 0 for 10 on their power play with three shorties against them. So it sounds like the Predators from last year. So I, I don't think that's going to be the case for the Sharks the entire year. Uh, they are still a fantastic club, and I think they have a ton of talent. After that, we have the LA Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights, followed by Arizona and the Kachina jerseys and the Florida Panthers. And by that time, we should have another recording out before Anaheim comes to town. Well, guys, that's the show. Thank you so much for joining us for the first episode of our brand new season three. Uh, one of the things we did over the off season is we now have our own uh, feed on iTunes, which is simply just called Music City Gold. We are still staying with Penalty Box Radio, so you will find this episode not only on our own feed, which is Music City Gold, but also Penalty Box Radio. So if you are a brand new listener, we are glad to have you and hope you stick around for the entire season and go listen to our earlier episodes if you want to get a feel of how we do this whole hockey thing. If you're a returning listener, we're glad to have you back for the season, and we would ask that you please go to our uh, Music City Gold feed on iTunes, leave us a a review and some stars if you like. So until next time, guys, we'll see you on the ice. You've been listening to Music City Gold on the Penalty Box Radio Network. We'd love to interact with you on Twitter. The show can be found at Music City Gold. You can find Kyle at Kyle Hancock, Daniel at Steve Dan Drum, and Matt at MattBain31. Past episodes of the show can be found by subscribing to Music City Gold or Penalty Box Radio on iTunes or at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the ice.